What's up, Wizards fans and NBA nerds? My name is Bryce Haas, and you're listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, a podcast giving you game-by-game breakdowns of everything Wizards. Hey, Hoop Heads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of the Wizards Hoops Analyst. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, Knuck If You Buck, 305 Culture, Spanning the Spurs, Daily Thunder, Motor City Hoops, X's and O's NBA Breakdown, LA Hoops, At the Buzzer, and Cavaliers Fast Break. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, The Green Light, and Courtside Culture. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Hey, hoop heads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com slash team pricing to learn more. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com. The Wizards won another game um, against another good team that didn't have all their guys, which sucks. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, you, you can only play who the other team puts out there. Um, but still, it sucks to not be able to watch the Lakers with LeBron James. Um, but yeah, the Wizards still won. Um, so the Wizards won 116-107. to 107. That pushes the Wizards' record to 28-34, and 34, and it drops the Lakers' record to 36-26. and 26. Um, Coming into this game, hold on, I have to pull up the Lakers' team stats super quick. Um, coming into this game, the Lakers were 8th in point differential, with a point differential of plus 3.4. Um, actually 20th in offense, with an offensive rating of 111, and 2nd in defense, with a defense rating of 107.6. Um, just to go over how they've been without LeBron. So this is since March 31st when that was LeBron's first game out. The Lakers are um, 23rd in NBA in point differential, which is minus 3.2. They're 28th in offense um, with an offensive rating of 106.4 and then surprisingly 5th in defense with a defense rating of 109.6. Um, so yeah, the team that the Wizards just beat isn't a great team. Um, I want to look at um, Lakers lineup stats um, with Anthony Davis on the court and LeBron James off the court. Um, just to kind of get, because a lot of those games that I just said um, where Lakers are 23rd in point differential, that doesn't include um, Anthony Davis playing because he's only in like his fourth game back um, in a long time. Um, so Lakers lineups with Anthony Davis on the court and LeBron James off the court. Um, have a point differential of minus 8.0, um, which is in the 15th percentile, which is bad. Their offensive rating is 111.9, which is barely below average. And then their defensive rating is 119.9, which is really bad. Um, Lakers lineups with LeBron James and Anthony Davis off the court. Um, I want to look at that because Anthony Davis played 31 minutes tonight. So that means that there were 19 minutes. 
that's not right. 17 minutes um, where he was on the um, bench and obviously LeBron was on the bench. So with both of those guys off the court, the Lakers' point of entry was minus two. Um, their offense is 106, which is in the 14th percentile, and their defense is in the 87th percentile with the defense rating 108. Um, so yeah, like the Wizards did not beat a very good team, um, if we're being completely honest here. Um, but again, like I said, like that's what happens when, you know, you're kind of this deep into a shortened season, um, there's and injuries are going to happen. So just looking over the overview and four factor stuff for this game, the Wizards offensive rating was 114.9, which is good. That's above average. Um, the Lakers offense rating was 107, which is really bad. That's in the 33rd percentile. Wizards effective field goal percentage 55.6, 59th percentile. Lakers was 49, which is in the 24th percentile. Wizards turnover rate was 13.9, which is in the 49th percentile. Lakers was 10, which is in the 84th percentile. Wizards offensive rebound rate was 29.5, which is in the 76th percentile. Um, Lakers offensive rebound rate was um, 24.1, which is in the 46th percentile. And the Wizards free throw rate was 17.8 in the 45th percentile. And the Lakers was 13.5 in the 23rd percentile. Um, going over some of the important um, counting stats for this game, um, box score player numbers. Um, Bradley Beal had 27 points in 36 minutes, and he did that on 19 shot attempts. Really efficient night for him. Um, his scoring came relatively easily um, compared to what he usually does. Um, Westbrook um, had 18 points, 18 rebounds, and 14 assists. Um, not very efficient as a scorer, but you know the usual. Like Westbrook looked really good as a passer in this game. I'll touch on that. Um, Alex Len had a nice game. He had 18 points, um, seven to 13 from the field, four of seven from the line. Getting there seven times is a really high number for Alex Len. So that's a very very welcome sight. Um, and that's pretty much it for significant Wizards. Um, you know general box stat lines. Um, Anthony Davis had 26 points. He did. He had those 26 points on 23 shooting possessions. Um, not insanely efficient for the power forward, but solid. Um, Andre Drummond had 17 points in 20 minutes, I guess. Um, Kuzma had 11. Schroeder had 13. Um, ben McLemore had 16 points, and he shot the ball 16 times and had three free throws. Um, so not a very efficient night for him. He shot 12 threes, just four for 12. Um, Montrez Harrell only played 17 minutes, had 12 points, five of five from the field, two of four at the line. Um, that's pretty much it for the Lakers guys. Um, I'm trying to think of the third first. Okay, so let's talk about Russell Westbrook's advantage creation first. Um, so Russell Westbrook is six three. I what is I want to see if ESPN has what his weight. He's two. Yeah, so he's listed at six three, two hundred pounds. Um, Russell Westbrook is an unbelievable athlete. Um, and like part of it is because he's just unbelievably strong. Like he has incredible core strength. He has really good lower body strength. Um, and obviously like his chest is huge. His arms are like big. Um, but like the, you know, the more functional things are the core and the lower body strength. Um, what that allows him to do is like get downhill against smaller guards. Um, and Dennis Schroeder, um, I want to see what ESPN lists him at. He's like six one. So he's, he is not six three. I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm pretty sure his official listing is at six one. Um, and ESPN lists his weight at 172. Um, so you have six foot one, 172 Dennis Schroeder trying to guard Russell Westbrook. Um, it's not going to go very well. <laughs> like Russell Westbrook can very, very easily create advantage against Dennis Schroeder. I don't know where the whole like idea that Dennis Schroeder is a good defensive like player comes from. I think it's just because like he's active on the ball, but like I don't think his footwork is very good defensively. Um, like just the shuffling his feet. Like I think he um, becomes parallel to the ball like way too or not parallel, whatever the other one is. Uh, I can't think of it. Whatever. Like, he just opens up his feet, like, just towards the rim, like, way too often to allow Russell Westbrook to create advantages. Um, Russell Westbrook has a functional of handle, and that combined with his athleticism just allowed him to get 
um, into the paint like so easily against Dennis Schroeder. Like Dennis Schroeder did a not good job at all at guarding Russell Westbrook, and Ru- Russell Westbrook got a ton of assists out of that. Um, he got 14 assists. A lot of those were like just drop down passes for like dunks and layups. Um, a lot of like passes that he had were like to Alex Len, who for some reason like or some of them were to Alex Len, who for some reason was like seven feet away from the basket and shot a floater, or Daniel Gafford, who can't really do anything unless it's a dunk. Like Westbrook easily could have had a significantly more assists tonight. Also, some of Westbrook's pa- like better passes are like weak side corner kickouts to guys like Chandler Hutchison who aren't shooters. Um, but Russell Westbrook's passing in this game was unbelievable. Um, I thought that like just him being able to create a, an advantage against Dennis Schroeder whenever he wanted was really, really impressive. Um, the shooting stuff and the defense was bad. Um, but overall, like if you're just thinking about overall impact on how Russell Westbrook impacted the game, um, offensively, I think he did a phenomenal job. Um, obviously, like, I've been hard on Westbrook a lot on this podcast. But I am very happy with the way he performed in this game. But I'm not going to let him off the hook for some of the shooting stuff. I am pulling up his shot chart right now. Oh, my goodness. Russell Westbrook was four of six from mid-range in this game. Hmm. Did not feel like that at all. One of five from floater range, one of two from right at the rim, and one of three from three. Um, but yeah, like his ability to create against that shooter was absolutely massive for the Wizards offense being as good as it was in this game. Um, like even like minutes where Bradley Beal was out, um, the offense was good. Um, because Westbrook was doing such a good job against Dennis Schroeder or like, I don't know, Taylor Horton Tucker, like Taylor Horton Tucker does not have a lot of quickness to stay in front of Russell Westbrook. Um, and Russell Westbrook knew it and he was attacking. Also, Russell Westbrook in pick and roll did really, really well tonight. Um, just attacking the bigs. Um, the Lakers are trying to come up closer to level the screen with their bigs in most pick and roll actions. Um, and if that big is Andre Drummond, um, who I'll talk about, but like Andre Drummond does provide a little bit of defensive versatility because he's solid in terms of moving his feet on the perimeter. Um, but he's not solid enough to really, really town Russell Westbrook in any sort of way. Um, Russell Westbrook's also developed into like, he's pretty good at being more patient in the pick and roll um, than he was like five years ago where he's just like attack downhill and try to dunk on someone. Um, and that's that's really awesome. Um, so like Westbrook just killing <laughs> guys like Andre Drummond, killing guys like um, Manches. Oh my God, when Manches Harrell's in the game, um, trying to guard pick and roll against Russell Westbrook, it was an absolute disaster for the Lakers. Um, I'm kind of curious as to why the Lakers didn't play Marcus Saul at all and just play a straight drop. Um, Marcus Saul is really, really good, and I think um, just in whatever coverage he's asked to play, um, maybe like I guess like trying to overextend him all the way up to the level of the screen against Russell Westbrook might be a little too much to ask out of him. But like if you put him in a drop against. Alex Len or Robin Lopez. Um, I think that that's a pretty feasible coverage that you could play against Russell Westbrook. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about, hmm, do we want to talk about Bradley Beal? Okay, so I'll talk about Bradley Beal's offense and then I'll talk about some of the Lakers stuff. Um, Bradley Beal, like, it was easy for him tonight. Like, I, it didn't look like he, it was one of his hardest games of all time, um, just scoring-wise. Um, he scored really efficiently, um, did it pretty easily, um, got tons of good looks whenever he wanted. He was three or five from three above the break. Um, four of six from mid-range, three or five from floater range, and one of two from right at the rim. Um, the way that the Lakers are playing him was um, by bringing the big up to level the screen. And like I just said, with Russell Westbrook, like the bigs coming up to level the screen were Andre Drummond and Montrezl Harrell. Um, do you think that Russell or Bradley Beal scared those guys? No, Bradley Beal can so easily take those guys off the dribble. It's like kind of embarrassing for those two guys. Um, it's, it's just not even a matchup. Um, so that's kind of part of the problem with the Lakers team building. Like part of the reason why I really, really don't understand why Andre Drummond is on the team a and B plays at all. Um, just because like, well, no, I'll, I'll get into that more later. Um, but Bradley Beal, like they attack so easily, especially when Montrezl Harrell's on the floor. Um, whenever Montrezl Harrell's on the floor, the wizards 
ran a ton of like side ball screen on the right side or just have a ball screen with an empty strong side um, because the, the Lakers were icing that action. And when you ice, you bring your big up to the level just automatically. Um, so basically the Lakers, no optionality of coverage um, because like if you're not going to ice it, then you're going to not let him use the screen. And then you're just going to be forcing Bradley Beal middle against Montrezl Harrell um, because a lot of times the screen would be angled toward the center of the floor. Um, or, I mean, if it was a side ball screen and you don't ice it, then you're chasing over the top and then you're having Bradley Beal come to the middle of the floor against Montrezl Harrell with all that space. Um, you're just asking for a disaster. Um, so Bradley Beal just absolutely cooked like Montrezl Harrell. Like he was turning the corner against him so easily. Same thing for Andre Drummond. And even a couple of times with Anthony Davis, um, Anthony Davis come to the level. They do a lot of just straight up switching with Anthony Davis. Um, Bradley Beal did a really good job against Anthony Davis on switches. I think he scored at him like two or three times on switches. And that's super, super impressive because Anthony Davis just like straight up like one of the best bigs I've ever seen in switches. Like if we're talking about like best bigs I've ever seen in my life in switches, Jamal Green, obviously number one, Bam Adebayo, probably easily number two. Um, and then you get into Anthony Davis and I guess Giannis, um, three, four. Um, so like one of the three best bigs easily in a switch. And like, he's obviously not back to where he was before, like pre-injury, um, which makes sense. Um, cause he's only been back for four games and he took so long off. Um, but Bradley Beal, um, scoring on him that easily was really, really impressive. Um, so yeah, so let's talk about Andre Drummond a little bit more. So Andre Drummond posted up a lot in this game. Um, so with the Lakers, Andre Drummond posted up on 17.7% of his possessions. His points per possession on those post-ups are 0.65. That's good for the 11.8th percentile in the league. In Cleveland, he posted up a lot more, 26.3% of his possessions. His points per possession on those post-ups were 0.82, which is in the 28. Percentile, and that's like if you're doing if you're running an action that gets you 28 point or 0.82 points per possession, that's bad offense. Um, just like straight up, that's really bad offense. Um, in terms of frequency, he posts up like almost more than anyone else in the league. Um, well, when he was at, um, let's see, so with the Lakers, 17.7 percent of his possessions are post ups. That is that ranks. Um, amongst players not named LaMarcus Aldridge or DeMarcus Cousins, who haven't really played. Um, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21st. Um, do you want him posting up that much when his percentile rank is 11.8? Um, something else that's interesting is that a couple of other Lakers bigs are on here. Montrezl Harrell, um, is in the 49.3 percentile in terms of post-ups, but he posts up 22.5% of his possessions. Um, the points per possession on that is 0.93, which is not a very good value proposition at all. Um, and then the other guy is obviously Anthony Davis. Um, so Anthony Davis posts up on 20.8% of his possessions. He's in the 71st point five percentile, but he's still at 1.04 points per possession, which is fine, but not great. Um, so yeah, like Andre Drummond, plus that plus providing no passing, um, he's an average at best defender, like obviously a plus rebounder, but not by as much as people think. I don't understand the theory behind Andre Drummond being out there at all. Like he just clogs up space so, so much. He gives the Lakers just like nothing in terms of like, at least like you could give the ball to like Dwight Howard. Um, like Dwight Howard is so much more of like a vertical lob threat. Um, same for JaVale McGee. So like Anthony Davis could make that drop off pass. Obviously LeBron James, like not having him is crucial, but 
LeBron James could make that drop off pass to them and they would just dunk it down every single time. Like having them in the dunker spot is an actual threat. Whereas having Andre Drummond in the dunker spot, like is not a really a threat at all to the Wizards. Um, another thing that's interesting is that Anthony Davis, like he's a good offensive player, but he's not like a phenomenal offensive player. He's not going to be someone who you ask to put the ball in their hands and have them create. Anthony Davis is like arguably the best lob threat in the history of basketball. Um, like he's just so unbelievable as a like roller to the rim. Um, but to have someone roll to the rim, you need um, you need someone to throw like throw passes. You need someone to run, pick, and roll. And the Lakers just don't have that guy that can really run, pick, and roll. If they don't have LeBron James, obviously LeBron James is just like absolutely unbelievable um, running, pick, and roll. Um, I'm trying to pull up. Um, let's see, advanced filters, add custom filter player equals Davis. Why isn't it typing? So I'm pulling. I'm on NBA.com. I'm looking at their advanced filters. Um, Anthony Davis is okay so i want to look at last year because he's only played 26 games this year so play take play type pick and roll man um anthony davis hmm oh that's two years ago okay i want to look at last year anthony davis as a roll man as in the 70th so point 1.28 points per possession per um nba.com um with anthony davis as the roll man that is unbelievable um, that is really, really good. Um, and that also includes like possessions where he's in the short role, where he's making plays. Um, so his is going to be a little bit lower than someone like, I don't know, like Rudy Gobert, who's really just dunking or he's just like not shooting. Um, so for him to be at 1.28 points per possession, is really good. Like Anthony Davis as a lob threat is just absolutely unbelievable. Um, I like him, but like the Lakers couldn't use him in that. First of all, because Andre Drummond is taking up so much space in the middle um, when he's playing next to Anthony Davis. Um, second of all, um, they don't have someone to throw lobs. Like one play that really stood out to me was that the Lakers ran a Rams uh, Ram action with um, Andre Drummond setting a down screen for Anthony Davis before he came up and set a high ball screen for Dennis Schroeder. Um, Dennis Schroeder set the screen. The Wizards switched it, so they had Russell Westbrook on Anthony Davis, which is something that they were switching a lot, which was kind of weird. Um, but they had Russell Westbrook switch onto Anthony Davis, um, and then they had Rui Hachimura switch onto Dennis Schroeder. Anthony Davis is open for the lob. Um, they did not do a good job. Like when you switch, you have to get on the um, bat like bucket side, basket side, underside, whatever side, however you say it, of of the guy that you're switching on to. Russell Westbrook didn't do a good job with that in this play. So Andy Davis is wide open for a lob. But because Dennis Schroeder had Rui Hachimura on him, he couldn't get the ball over Den- Rui Hachimura to throw the lob. So he just pulled it back out, even though the Lakers created a massive advantage with arguably the best lob like rim runner in the history of basketball running towards the rim open they couldn't get the pass because Dennis Schroeder is six foot one and Rui Hachimura is six foot eight and he has long arms he's like what seven two wingspan or whatever and he just put his arms up first of all great play by Rui Hachimura great recognition to put his arms up in that situation um but second of all um Dennis Schroeder like not a good pick and roll ball handler not a really good passer like not a plus passer um that's the type of things that you miss with LeBron James with LeBron James that's a dunk every single time with Dennis Schroeder he doesn't even get the pass off. Um, so that's kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about like the Lakers offense really, really struggling. Um, and Anthony Davis is not a number one. He's like arguably the best number two in basketball, um, but he's not a number one, um, especially not coming off whatever injury. Um, here's something that's interesting. Um, Anthony Davis in the post is not that good. Um, the way that he really does want the post is killing mismatches by getting dunks or getting layups. If he's not getting a dunk or a layup, um, he's shooting like one of those post fades or something, like he's really, really not that good in the post. Um, I want to pull up Anthony Davis stats on basketball reference. Um, but yeah, this, this is leading to something, I promise. <laughs> uh, something positive about the Wizards because um, this was overall a pretty positive game. Um, so Anthony Davis shooting from three to 10 feet 
last season. Um, his percentage was at 41.3, season before 38.6. Um, so you kind of want to bait him into those shots. Like those are not efficient shots. If you're only shooting 41% on a two-pointer, that's not an efficient shot. So what Rui Hachimura did, like as long as you can, on post-ups, as long as you can keep Anthony Davis away from the rim, you're doing a really, really good job. You're making him, you're forcing them into an inefficient possession because Anthony Davis is not that good of a mid-range jump shooter. Um, he's a high volume one, but he's not a very good one. Um, like in a post fade, he's not that good. Um, that's a that's a win for the defense if you can make Anthony Davis shoot a post fade. Um, and Rui Hachimura, they're baiting him into that a lot. Rui Hachimura, like he may not be the best post defender in the world, but he's strong. He has good lower body strength. Like, well, I mean, like he used it well tonight. Um, he did a good job of keeping Anthony Davis away from the basket, and he did a legitimate good job of defending him in the post. Um, at times, Russell Westbrook did the same. Um, for all for as bad as Russell Westbrook is at defense, I think his best aspect is probably his post defense. Like he's a really good post defender because he's his lower body is just so strong. Um, so if Russell Westbrook can push Anthony Davis away from the basket like 10, 15 feet and kind of bait him into shooting like a perceived to be wide open 12 footer because he's so much taller than Russell Westbrook, that's a win for the defense every time. So that's a really good job. Like just first of all, from the Wizards coaching staff to give up that switch and try to bait Anthony Davis into those shots. Um, and then second of all, um, great job by Russell Westbrook. Um, so I was really happy with that. I thought that was, um, I thought that was pretty smart, um, from what the Wizards were doing all game long. Um, yeah, so I guess I wrote a couple notes of things that I want to touch on this pod, and then I wrote, like, obviously my general notes. 19 minutes in already. Okay, so... Hmm. Okay, so let's talk about... Oh, about Kyle Kuzma? Um, no, let's talk about Alex Len. Alex Len started this game so rough. Like, he started this game in, like, three of the first few possessions. Like, he was just completely out of position on defense. Um, like, it was bad. I was like, oh, my God, like, the Lakers are beating. Like, they're going to win. Alex Len's awful. Like, blah, 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 blah. Um... But he improved, like, throughout this game. Like, he learned from his mistakes at the very beginning. He learned, like, to stay home, um, stay down on whatever, like, garbage <laughs> Andre Drummond's going to do um, and just play tough, um, put your hands up, run to the rim, get dunks, all that kind of stuff. He ended up having a really nice game. Um, when Alex Len is, like, cuts kind of some of the stuff out of his, like, bad stuff out um, and just, like, simplifies his role into setting good screens, running to the rim, um, getting dunks, getting rebounds, and putting his hands straight up on defense, like, he's actually... Like he's a he's a legitimately like really good backup center level guy um, when he's doing all those things and tonight all like all those things were clicking for him he had a really nice game um, I'm really happy with the way Alex Len played and just like rim protector like he's so big when he just goes vertical um, and doesn't foul he's a good rim protector um, he's actually has, he's like some of the best rim protecting numbers in the league I think he's like seventh in terms of qualified guys for like protecting like percentage um, shooting percentage difference within six feet of the rim um, which is really good. Um, so I'm happy with the way that he played tonight. Um, also I want to touch briefly on Chandler Hutchinson. Like he actually played solid tonight. Um, he had a couple plays where he had really impressive weak side uh, rotations, um, like tagging the romance, stuff like that. Like, like he had one block on Anthony Davis. So that was really impressive when he, um, came over to tag him and then got a block at the rim. Um, but yeah, he like, just like his shooting is just so like bad right now that it's kind of hard to rely on him in the rotation. Um, I like him as a cutter. Um, some of his on-ball stuff is a little more interesting, like just being a connector and like making decisions off the dribble. Um, but like, it's too inconsistent right now. Like some of his, like sometimes he'll make like a nice little play, um, you know, finding the weak side corner, um, after attacking closeout and then the next play he'll come down and like, just make this terrible like decision on a shot or like missing a guy or I don't know, like he's so inconsistent. Like it's, it's, I understand why he's on the rotation. It's so tough to play him. Um, but yeah, he looked good tonight, but he's so hit or miss. Um, yeah, I guess like Ish Smith played 
Ishmith got a dunk. Ishmith got a dunk. Like, <laughs> I can't. Ishmith dunked so easily. That was really, really surprising to me. Like, good for Ishmith to be able to dunk that easily. Um, he had a nice little night. Um, just being an energy off the bench. That's kind of his role. Um, not trying to do like play too much out of himself, which is what I like. Um, well, what I did like tonight out of him. Um, so yeah, the last thing I want to talk about before I go through my notes is Kyle Kuzma. Um, Kuzma's way, way, way better than he was last year. Um, like he's trimmed a lot of the fat out of his game, which is like poor decision-making, poor shot selection, no defense, all that kind of stuff. Like the defense like isn't necessarily great, but it's like on the ball, it's not great off the ball. It's so much better. Like he's making reads and rotations. Like he's like, I was really, really like, I've been really, really impressed with his defense all year long. Um, like, I don't know if it's like, I can say it's good, but I think it's above average at this point, which is a lot more than you could say last year, um, where he was like just getting absolutely attacked in the playoffs and like during the regular season, every single play, like I've been really impressed with Kuzma's defense, um, on the ball. I think it's a little bit of a question mark. Um, but like if you're a four, like I think, like, I think he can defend fours on the ball, but if you ask him to switch onto twos, like Bradley Beal level twos, then it gets really, really ugly really quick. And like that might be the type of thing he's going to be asked to do in the playoffs. Um, so that's going to be interesting to monitor. But also like his decision making on offense, um, he had eight assists tonight. Um, like he's sneakily like gotten better at passing. Like none of those are like high level reads or anything, but like just like running out in transition and making the, you know, right pass to the running, cutting big or like, you know, making the right pass on the move, um, attacking a closer, something like that. Like that stuff is not stuff he had in his game last year. Um, so that's really, really impressive. And then obviously like the shooting is still there. Um, some of the shot decision-making is still a little bit iffy. Um, but for the most part, he's cut out like the really, really bad ones. Um, so I've been impressed with Kyle Kuzma. I wanted to, um, talk about that a little bit, um, on this pod. Um, yeah, so I'll go through my notes and then that'll be it for this episode. I'll try to go through my notes super quick. I just talked three minutes about Kyle Kuzma. Um, Lakers is willing to switch a little bit against Beal. He's tacking. Yeah, so Beal's creativity in the mid-range early in this game was really, really awesome. Um, if you want to watch that. Um, Lens defense, yeah, I talked about that. Um, it was terrible at the beginning of the game. Um, Lakers bigs. Oh, yeah, you you have to know that the Lakers bigs leak in transition. Um like you just have to be ready for that. Especially the way that the Russell Westbrook plays with attacking like offensive rebounds. Like the Wizards got burned by that a little bit in the game, um, but not like not enough for them to lose or anything. But like they did get burned by that a few times. And you just you have to know better than that against the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, Lakers doing oh yeah, so Lakers switched a lot of Dallas Bertans off ball actions. I I think that's smart. Like as long as you can keep up with Bertans, um, it doesn't really matter if you switch like a real like slower guys on him. As long as you can like keep up with him, like I said, um, because at the end of the day, you just have to be there on like on the contest. Um, because what if he blows by you, you're not really scared of him finishing at the rim. You're not scared of him making like a really nice kickout pass or anything. Um, so I I I think that's how like if the Wizards make the playoffs, that's how teams are gonna play him. Um, I think um, which is interesting. Um. Russell's so bad at getting over screens. Wizards switched with him and Bertans. Okay, so the Wizards were switching um, Russell Westbrook and Dallas Bertans screens um, a lot. The second the Lakers noticed that, they started running that way more often. Uh, I think that the Wizards are doing that just because Westbrook is so bad at getting over screens um, that they're kind of content with just saying like, yeah, okay, we'll just switch Bertans onto him because, you know, like otherwise you're asking Bertans to play a drop and then Russell Westbrook chasing over, that's a disaster. Um, so I guess that's the theory behind that. But yeah, I wonder how much teams are going to exploit that soon um oh yeah the Gafford minutes guarding Montrose Harrow were really really ugly um Hutchinson has been playing well so far talk about that um was a really attacking trez by putting talk about that um <laughs> yeah Montrose Harrow like putting Robin Lopez on the floor against Montrose Harrow 
was ugly defensively for both <laughs> both centers. Like Montrezl had no chance of guarding um, Robin Lopez in the post. Robin Lopez had no chance of guarding Montrezl um, in that mid post area that he likes to operate. Um, so yeah, <laughs> that was interesting. Um, BL scoring AD switches. I talked about that. Lakers are trapping BL ball screens. Yeah. So um, Alex Lynn in the short roll. Daniel Gafford in the short roll. Robin Lopez in the short roll. Those guys, if the Wizards want to win a playing game, that stuff has to get a lot better in the next three weeks. Um, yeah, it's, it's too easy for teams to trap. Like, if Beal can't create an advantage, like, he's really good at splitting um, doubles or blitzes. Um, and he's good at, like, retreat dribbling or just, like, turning the corner against the bigger and, like, that kind of stuff. But if he can't get to that, um, then the offense just kind of stalls out because we don't have any bigs that can work in the short roll. Um, the, you know, swing it around three times or like make three passes make the defense and force the defense into rotation and like find the open jump like jump shot um that's not existent because the Wizards don't have great shooting um so that's the coverage that the Wizards Bradley Beal is going to see in the playoffs or the potential playing game um we'll see how if the Wizards are able to handle that um 80s not that good in the coast blah 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 blah, talk about that um 80s in the fourth game not elite switchability talk about that um there's definitely more (laughs) post I talked about that um Run Ram, blah, blah, blah. I'll talk about that. <laughs> I wrote in my notes, breaking news, Alex Len made a read in the short roll to the weak side corner, exclamation point. Um, yeah, that was a pretty big deal. <laughs> Len was bad to start, but he's really picked it up. Talk about that. Um, Chris in the game um, with Russ and Gafford. Oh, yeah, so Montrezl Harrell was in the game against Russell Westbrook and Daniel Gafford. Wizards tried to run pick and roll him a lot, but Chandler Hutchinson was also in the game. Um, and a lot of times he found himself in that weak side corner, so the tag just was so easy that it didn't really matter that Trez was in the game. Um, Ish, Smith, Dunked, <laughs> talked about that. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, so the Lakers closed the game with Anthony Davis at the five. Um, that was the biggest relief of all time. Like, they they looked so good with Anthony Davis at the five and without, like, Montrezl Harrell and um, Andre Drummond, like, just taking up all this space for no reason um, and then just, like, not being very good defensively. Um, so, yeah, like, the Lakers almost got back in the game because Anthony Davis was playing the five and for, like, literally no other reason. Um, but yeah, anyways, that's it for this episode. The next Wizards game, I believe, is against the Cavaliers again. Um, so that's going to be nice. Um, but yeah, so definitely check that out. Uh, I think that's on Friday. Um, so yeah, I'll podcast coming out that night or the next day. Thank you for listening to the Wizards Hoops Analyst Podcast on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network. Please don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hoops Wizards Pod. I'll see you next time.